Well, as you've been hearing uh, since the numbers were released earlier today, health officials in this province say the measures that have been put in place to stop the spread of coronavirus are working, but many of the restrictions won't be lifted or won't even start to be lifted until the middle of May at the earliest. So let's bring in Keith Baldry to talk a little bit more about this. Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief, good afternoon to you. Hey, Jill. Lots of numbers, lots of slides, uh, but I know you've been poring over them and you were at the news conference, and that seems to be the message. Good work, but uh, still work to be done. Yes, we're, be- we're, we're flattening the curve. There's clear evidence of that. We do, uh, our, our record in BC, I think, is substantially better, obviously, than in Ontario and Quebec, where the number of cases and serious cases and deaths are so much higher than what we're experiencing. Um, but yeah, but we have to keep going. That was the message from Dr. Bonnie Henry. We're not through this yet. These numbers could easily spike if we were to relax these restrictions on social distancing, on being urged not to travel, um, maintaining the closure of restaurants and bars. So these measures are going to be with us for probably another month or so, at least. Uh, and then, but did dangle the possibility of sort of restarting some things in mid-May, particularly elective surgeries, which I think is going to interest most people more than anything else. But uh, other than elective surgeries and maybe a slight modification of social distancing rules, uh, I don't see much softening uh, going forward. I, I, no indication that, for example, restaurants and bars are going to open in mid-May. I think really the focus will be on sort of reopening some hospitals, not all of them, but some of them, uh, to get to the started on clearing the backlog of what are now about 15,000 cancelled elective surgeries that have been have been piling up. Uh, did you get the impression, because there, there have been kind of two camps on this, there have been people who have been critical saying more should have been done, there should have been more of a lockdown, others saying no, we trust Dr. Henry, we trust what she's saying, because all along she has said it's okay to go outside and get fresh air, it's okay as long as you physically distance at least two metres from people, it's okay to do these things. Did you get the impression that if we keep doing this and keep on this trend, we won't see any further restrictions? Yes, I don't see her doing any more public health orders. She's been very, I remember asking her at one of the very first briefings, which seems so long ago now, uh, where she asked about public health orders, and she says she's not really in favor of issuing many orders. She doesn't think that works. She thinks it's, it's better to get people to buy in. I like to say that she likes people to buy in rather than being forced in, and she thinks it's, it's more effective when you get community buy-in. And already uh, we, we see this happening. Um, she's placed no order on supermarkets, for example, yet supermarkets, most of them, have taken it upon their own to implement their own social um, distancing measures. They've got tape on the sidewalk or in the aisleways and, and one-way aisles. So these are that's an example of a company or a business undertaking its own on its own initiative how to implement a rule rather than being forced to do X, Y, or Z by the public health officer. Uh, I was talking to Health Minister Adrian Dix about this. We were talking about golf courses, and he pointed out there has been no order to close golf courses, yet golf courses have taken upon themselves to close because they think uh, that social distancing measures can't be adequately um, implemented, although other golf courses remain open. One of the challenges they have here, uh, Jill, and talk to Minister Dix about this, is that you, if you don't have public buy-in to this type of stuff, uh, it, it's not going to work. Uh, people have to be willing to able to, to see the success that comes with buying into this. And what the challenge they've got going forward, and this is why they're talking about potentially opening up the, the hospitals for surgeries in mid-May, as long as there's not evidence that this virus is piling up numbers in large numbers, cases in large numbers, there's going to be a, a public sort of... Um, 
I wouldn't say backlash, but a bit of grumpiness, like, well, okay, we don't have a lot of people in hospital about this. Why aren't the hospitals open? And that's sort of an, an, sort of one example of you've got to be able to move to respond to public opinion without endangering public health. And that's why that's just, they're trying to find what they call the sweet spot of how, many, how much restrictions you can have with still allowing people to enjoy, get out and enjoy themselves and breathe, but not going too far as to... Uh, potentially push the virus into more communities. Right. And and people will uh, will understand why there's a need right now for hundreds of empty hospital beds. Mm-hmm. But if it's three, four, five months down the road, there's yeah. going to be questions as to why they're still empty. Exactly. And that's one of the challenges uh, they're facing. But it's just why it's interesting. They've now offered mid-May, uh, you know, uh, a month from now, as a potential target date for uh, uh, getting these surgeries started to be uh, conducted again. And I think that's, that's sort of a bit of a, a hope uh, out there on the horizon. The other one, of course, the big issue is, is schools. Um, I still think there's a chance the schools could reopen. I didn't think so maybe some weeks ago, but now that the numbers are starting to flatten, uh, it could reopen. But what was interesting today that Dr. Ronnie Henry talked about what the new schools are going to look like. It's not like we're not going back to the 9 to 3 school year, school day. And we're not going back to all the kids being in the school all at the same time. So this is going to be a radical restructuring of our education system if and when the schools come back. And it means potentially kids going to school in staggered hours. Uh, you cannot, you know, the days of having 25 kids, 30 kids in a classroom are over. I mean, it's, ironically, BCTF, this is the best thing for the BCTF. They're going to have much smaller classes from their point of view, which they've been fighting for for all these years. Uh, because, again, social distancing rules, they're not going to have crowded schools. They're going to have to be spaced out over a number of years, a number of hours. And the other thing, and I'm talking again to Minister Dix about this just a few minutes ago, um, nothing's off the table here, including potentially uh, having the schools sit in the summer. Um, take these months that we've lost in the school system and maybe spread them out over the summer. The, this concept of July and August automatically being off, that may be gone as a consequence of the new rules that are going to be in place in our school system. And, and educators and administrators are working on this right now. Nobody knows what it's going to look like, but again, nothing's off the table here on, on so many levels. Which I guess the silver lining there is, uh, in the past, it's been uh, one of the the pushbacks has been that's the time families go on vacation. Well, no one's going on vacation, no gonna, so it no. doesn't get in the way of that this year. That's a very good point. I never actually didn't think of that. No, nobody you know, traveling is still, you're not going to be traveling uh, great distances. You're going to be asked to, you know, find the proverbial staycation, which is going to be defined literally is right around your neighborhood. Um, don't go, you're not going to campsites, you're not going to parks, you shouldn't be going on ferries to small towns or driving to the interior. So it's uh, the push will be on, I think, all summer, stay home as much as you can. But again, I think there's going to be a slight relaxation of some of the rules because, again, you, even mental health is an issue here, mental health challenges. People can get uh, quite depressed if they're confined to their house and they live alone, for example. You know, people can get in, in bad states, mental health, if they're not allowed to at least get out and enjoy themselves. And that's the challenge she and Minister Dix and others have is to find a way to get people to enjoy their summer, enjoy themselves outside potentially, and potentially with a, with a group of with people that may extend beyond your immediate household, which is the rules right now. You're only supposed to be with your immediate household. Maybe that gets relaxed a bit to allow more family members to be around you, albeit, again, at a safe social distance. Uh, she hasn't said that yet, but I think that's what she's hinting at, that that's, that's sort of the easing we may see as the months go by. But we're going to be in this, and they made it clear. Adrian Dix referred to a year to 18 months of these rules. And that is a reflection that nothing's going to change 
dramatically until we get a vaccine. And it's going to be a, a number of estimates of how long that's going to take. And most estimates are at least a year. All right. Uh, interesting numbers. Thanks for breaking it down. Uh, Keith, just before I let you go, because it is Friday, we're doing a bit of a lighter segment uh, towards the end of the show where we're bringing in uh, a hair expert about why we shouldn't be cutting our own hair. So I have to ask you, are you going to cut your own hair? How are you dealing with this while the salons are closed? My hair, my hair has its own Twitter account. Uh, <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> um, well, my wife has cut my hair in the past, um, over the years, from time to time. So she and we're, you know, we're the only members of our household right now, and we do. So we're allowed to be together. Uh, she may end up cutting my hair, but she says she won't cut it until it becomes really long on television. Ooh. So I, I have to get to the point where I do definitely have a case of pandemic hair. Like shoulder length? Well, I, I actually said that we're not going that far. Uh, <laughs> there are pictures of me in the press gallery from years ago where I have shoulder length curly hair. Ooh. And um, uh, I'm not, I don't want to revisit those things. But <laughs> we may very well get to that. But, uh, uh, and Marsha Gabriel, producer, doesn't want me to cut my hair anytime soon as, uh, as well. So it's a, it's a work in progress, but we're not going there yet.